Hi, welcome back to another hour with Crowder with me, your host Crowder. Like, share, subscribe, and comment. And if you're already a subscriber, go ahead and ding the bell so that you can get all of my latest podcasts and interviews every Tuesday. Shoot, y'all need to go ahead and follow my Twitter and my Instagram. Y'all got a nigga looking lame out here. Anyways, a lot of stuff been going on, you know, everybody know that I just got over COVID, you know, clear, clean, got the negative going. Um, I did test positive twice, but I went back the third time, got the test. It was negative. So I'm in the clear. I still haven't gotten this office cleared out, like actually cleaned. So I'm going to do that also. And plus a whole bunch of things that's just going on with the podcast. That's one of the reasons. Like I did an episode for you guys, but I didn't like clip it and cut it and all of that stuff, mainly because I was just tired. I ain't even going to stun. I ain't even going to lie to y'all. Like I did the test. And then once I got the test Friday, I think I was just like, I'm over it. I just want to chill. I got three days before I got, go back to work. I just don't want to do anything. And my apologies. I might post up the the Trump segment that I had about him suing. I might post that up. It's like just bonus content. But y'all guys ain't going to get that episode. I'm just telling you right now, y'all ain't going to get that episode because I'm just not going to cut and clip two episodes because I already got to do this one. Um, that's um, the reason why you probably don't see Rick Rock on the boards and um, – Malik is because I haven't cleaned the room out yet. They're kind of worried about the um, COVID and everything. And I get that. Me and um, Heather was just talking about um, the different spectrums of COVID and how I could see it from every point of view. I could see it from the person that got really, really sick. I could see it from the person that didn't get it at all and they think that they're invincible and they're not going to get it. And then I could see it from the perspective of someone that maybe got it and they didn't really get deep down into the sickness. It was just two days, which was my, um, which what happened to me. I only got sick for two days and then I was pretty much chilling the whole rest of the time. So it was like a mini staycation for me. Then I ended up getting a raise. But I do want to speak a little bit about jobs, bro, because honestly, these jobs, I just feel like they don't give a fuck. Like, let me just make a long story a little bit longer. Okay, so I got, um, you know, I'm talking back and forth to HR. They told me 10 days. Last time I checked, it was 14. Looked on the CDC website. It is actually 10, but that's not the problem. The problem is that, I asked them, okay, if you want me to come back in 10 days and the original date of CDC rules was 14, how do y'all know who's coming back negative or who's coming back positive? And they just pretty much read me a script. Like, well, we're just following the CDC guidelines. I know I didn't give y'all too much, but mainly because, like, my company is a big corporation and you just really can't be slandering companies out here like that. But I guess I can give y'all just a little bit more to just to see where I'm coming from. So, okay, let me just start over. Okay, so I got COVID. I They told me 10, I, I told them August the 9th. They told me, nah, August the 2nd, right? Monday was the 2nd. So Monday was the 2nd. Okay, Monday was the 2nd. That's when I was originally supposed to show back up to work. Well, I'm like, okay, well, that's all good and fine. I could come back the 10th as long as I got a negative report. Oh, well, you don't, well, HR said, oh, well, you don't have to have a negative. You just have to be clear of symptoms and no fever. So I'm like, okay, at that point, I'm like, okay, well, we coming back way earlier than the, than the original predicted time that the CDC said. And as long as you ain't got symptoms or you don't got a fever, then you can come back to work. Okay, everybody knows by now, I hope, that just because you don't have symptoms don't necessarily mean that you don't got it. The only reason why I even took a test was because I had to get back home. But And, you know, I have people that live with me that 
and I lived with that are high risk. So I didn't want to take it back to my household and get everybody sick. So I'm just like, okay, so how do you know if the people that's coming back are can contract it to others because you're not going based off of if they got a negative or positive, you're going based off of if they got symptoms and a fever or not. That doesn't say anything. So that's when I started to realize, like, especially after she read that script, because I know she was reading the script. I know, like, corporate always got, like, the little rebuttals. If you ever worked at a call center or something like that, you know what it sounds like when somebody's reading. Like, I'm not saying that she was reading verbatim off a script. I'm just saying that she was reading what the rebuttal should be if someone says something along this this line of, oh, well, how do y'all know if, you know, people are actually coming back COVID positive or COVID negative if you're just basing it off of, well, you don't got no symptoms and you ain't got no damn fever. So that's when... And and that's why I'm going with it is that so they just don't know. They just want you to do the 10 days, um, you know, according to the CDC and then come back, not really doing it. And then I started talking to a lot of people about this. And apparently that's a lot of people jobs that's doing this. So that just kind of brings me into the point of maybe it's not spreading because necessarily like, the Delta strain and the Gamma strain is out. Maybe it's spreading because people are coming back prematurely from quarantining. I, I think that's a, a big fucking problem. I was very shocked when my, my job told me that. I was just like, damn, this job really don't give a fuck about nobody. They just really give a fuck about these numbers, and that's it. But I was like, you know what? I still waited until I got a negative because I was like, you know what? Even though I don't care too much about this COVID thing and I understand that it's just a virus. It's a virus just like pneumonia. It's a virus just like the cold. The only thing that makes this a little bit dangerous is because it's new and we don't know anything about it. But five, six years down the line, we're going to look at this as a cold or we're going to look at this like the flu or whatever. We're not going to think too much into it. But I honestly think that they kind of already brainwashed us into believing that it's bigger than it already is. I mean, I even find myself being like, ugh, you know, like putting on extra hand sanitizer, which I'm not a big hand sanitizer user. I'm more so like eh, soap and water in, in public places for sure. Like that hand sanitizer ain't going to get it. Just get the soap and water. But yeah, that was my tangent about that. I just felt like, damn, you know, that just hit it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, damn, they really don't give a fuck about nothing. Just these numbers and this work and what could get done and all of this and that and uh, I don't I don't know. I, I kinda went out on a tangent. I wasn't trying to stay there, but I did have to just say a little sum sum because that just made me realize that these Jobs just don't care. They don't care if they get other people sick. They don't care if you come back early. Hey, if you ain't died in the truck, we good. That's all they care about. So I don't know. What I would just suggest everybody do, especially with lockdowns about to get ready to happen again. Um, they've already been talking about it in Texas. It's already happening in other countries like Australia, I think France. Um, what's another place that they're doing it? I can't remember from – oh, Israel – um, I think that they're doing three COVID shots now for people 60 and older and high risk. They're doing three. So it's like, ugh, I don't know about that. And I do want to clear up a little bit of something. Last week on the episode, someone messaged me in YouTube and they was like, um, hey, you know, you got the shot, but you, um, advocating for other people not to get the shot. Maybe you shouldn't be the person that advocates for this. And for one, I feel like that's a very narrow-minded way of looking at things. I can't advocate for something. I feel like the person that has the vaccine and is still advocating for people to get it on their own accord is the most, like, prominent person to advocate for it because they don't lean either type of way. They got it, and they're just like, yeah, I got it. But I'm going to respect the people that don't get it. But I'm just saying that maybe we should look out 
be on the lookout for mandatory vaccines and how they're treating this because we all know the government don't care about nobody. They only care about one color and that's green and that's filling their pockets. So eh, at this point, it's not white or black. It's just who's going to get it and who's not. I feel like, but back to my point, I feel like that's the person that everybody should be looking towards is the person that got it. Me, do I have it? And that's what I'm trying to clear up. No, I did not go out and go get the vaccine. I don't plan on going out to go get the vaccine. I only got sick for two days. It felt like a very bad case of pneumonia. Now, I'm not saying that that's the case for everyone, but I'm saying that's the case for me, and I think everybody should do what's right for them. What's right for me is not getting the COVID shot. I wasn't sick that long. I didn't fall out, throw out. I didn't go into the hospital, nothing like that, so I'm good. Now, I'm not going to judge the person that did go to the hospital or did have a very hard time with COVID. I think that you should just get with your doctor, make sure that this is what you want to do, and, you know, do what you have to do. But nobody in my family and myself is getting it. So that's just where I'm at with it. But let's go ahead and get off into some topics. Um I don't know if I went over everything that I wanted to go over with the cold COVID thing, but I'm kind of rushing through because I don't want to stay long on this. I feel like everybody knows that mandatory vaccines is coming out. It's coming to, I think they're already talking about it in Texas, that, that they're going to shut it down again. And um, places like New York is already um, asking for proof that you've gotten the vaccine. You can't go into bars. You can't go into restaurants. You can't go into, I think, shopping centers and then everybody that has a government or a state or city job has to get the vaccine off the back. So, you know, it's coming down here and you just, I feel like you just want to be on the right side of history with this one. Go out and go get it if you feel like you need it. But if you don't feel like you need it, don't let nobody punk you into getting it, bro. Like, you know what's best for your body. Don't let nobody in no white coat punk you out uh, into getting it because we all know that doctors are the street niggas to the pharmacy. They they the niggas that sell you the, the dimes and the nicks. The pharmacy company is the, the big dog, the nigga that you don't ever see, the nigga that's just giving out the pounds and then they give it to – the one dude that's in the middle of the street man and the big man, and then they break it down, and then they give them the dimes and the nicks, and then that's your doctor, the the dimes and the nick nigga. They, they want you to get the vaccine. Why? Because they didn't already pour billions of dollars into this. They got billions of dollars into this project. They got billions in stock. They got billions in medical supplies. So, you know, that's a – Huge incentive to push people to get the vaccine. So I'm just saying be leery of that, be weary of that. Get with your doctor, figure out what's best for you, not best for your mom or your friends or your coworkers for you. You might have to go ahead and get up out that job, start looking for different incomes, streams of income so that you can stay afloat until we figure out what's really going on and what they really going to do. Let's go ahead and get to the topics. The baby. Oh, man. <sighs> you know, I ain't even going to get too deep off into this because whether this, I don't think that this is a gay or straight or a gay hating thing. If you, I'm, I'm trying to pull, let me, let me pull up his comment real quick. But he says something along the lines of, and I'm going to look up the real, what he actually said, but what he said was on the lines of what uh what we call in hip hop uh, we call in hip hop like I'm in hip hop <laughs> okay what an artist would call um a call and respond kind of like oh you know um Brooklyn in the house or Dallas in the house if you're from Dallas you know say what's up or you know make some noise I, that was kind of what this was I feel like it was just a poor call and respond it was a really bad call and response like what happened to just yelling out cities and telling people to make noise I don't know where that shit went but this is his comments I pulled it up just now and I don't want to get any bias I don't want to get a bias um 
a biased website to tell me what he said, but I don't have my computer, as you can see. I don't got my computer in front of me, so I don't have everything already um, put up for you, me to just click on it. So I kind of got to go on my phone. But And it's going to take me a little second. Hold up. Okay. This is what he said at the con at the concert, at the Rolling Loud concert. He said, if you didn't show up today with HIV, AIDS, or any of them deadly sexual, sexually transmitted diseases that'll make you die in two to three weeks, then put your cell phone lighters up. He said, ladies, if your pussy smell like water, but your cell phone light, put your cell phone lighters up. Fellas, if you ain't sucking dick in the parking lot, put your cell phone lighters up. Now, do I feel like he was jabbing at the gay community? No. If anything, I feel like he just said a stupid call and respond. But when you do deeper research, he actually has a song that has that that um phrase off in there with the uh, ladies if your pussy smell like water and if you ain't suck no dick in the parking lot and if you ain't got HIV or AIDS is actually in a song that's coming up. So I feel like the timing was just off for him, off really bad. If he would have dropped the song and then he said if he would have dropped the song that said this phrase in before Rolling Loud concert, then I feel like the audience would have well, the audience went crazy anyways because it's the baby. But I feel like people wouldn't be so quick to jump on him because they're like, okay, well, that's a phrase from a song. It's kind of like the me and Heather said this. We was talking about this. We've been talking about this all week, actually. But I was talking about the example of the TLC. Um, no, I don't want no scrubs. Now, if they if you didn't know that that was a song, before they said it, it could easily be male hate. You know, well, bitter, bitter bitches over there talking about men, and they probably still got some of that even at the song drop. But, you know, if they would have said that before the song dropped at a concert, then everybody would have yelled, but it probably would have been some dusty hotel niggas that's like, see, this is what's wrong with the black community and the black woman. She don't appreciate men. She calling men scrubs. But then they drop the song, and then you're like, oh, well, that's what that phrase came from. They're not talking about men. They're just talking about dusty men in this song. So I feel like it was very bad timing. But I'm more – I'm not disappointed at what he's saying because I'm gay. I don't – like I said in the beginning, I don't think that it's a jab at the gay community. I mean, if nobody don't know this – straight and gay people can have AIDS. So, you know, I don't think that it was a jab at the gay community. I think that it was just a stupid call and response back, and the timing was wrong because he didn't drop the song before Rolling Loud, and then he said this, and anything that you say without context can be misconstrued. So I think that this was very misconstrued. I think that the gay community just kind of picked it up and put the – cross on their back as you're talking about me, which I don't feel like it wasn't. But I am more so mad at the apology and the doubling down that he did. He said a lot of things like, um, and I'm not going to look this up because I feel like that's just taking too much time to look it up. But I, I don't know. Heather, do you want to look this up for me? His, um, his apology or whatever he said in the apology real quick. But while she's looking that up, um, he did a, a lot of doubling down on it. Even after people said, hey, this is offensive what you said, he came back and he kind of did a backhanded apology. It was like, yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm not talking about the gays that, you know, are nasty. My, my gay fans are classy. My gays, my gays, my gays. It was a lot of that off in there. And I was like, okay, first of all, who do you own? Like, why are you saying my my gays? If you know what rhyme with gays, slaves. <laughs> but no, no, no. Seriously, I feel like he was saying that shit in like some slave slavery shit. Like my gays, like my niggas are good niggas, and they follow my good Bible, and they it kind of sounded more so on the lines of that. Like, why do we have to be your gay fans? 
I mean, I'm not a fan of the baby. I don't listen to his music. Honestly, it all sounds the same. It's all that. He's got kind of like the same cadence, and that's why I don't like his music. But I don't listen to a lot of rap music anyway. I listen to it, but I'm not invested in it. But, yeah, that was one problem that I had with it is him saying, my gays, my gay fans. The, and you don't know all your damn gay fans. Some of those niggas probably was sucking dick in the parking lot, honestly. But What exactly are you wanting me to look for? Um, If you can't find it, that's fine because I'm I mean, already talking about he it. Said, he's, he's, like, came out with multiple statements, so... I'm not exactly sure which one you're looking for, but... Just look up any one of them, because all of them was offensive. I mean, I, on Tuesday, it says he apologized for his words in a tweet. Anybody who done ever been affected by AIDS, HIV, y'all got the right to be upset. What I said was insensitive, even though I have no intentions on offending anybody. So my apologies, he said. But the LGBT community, I ain't tripping on y'all, do you? Y'all business is y'all business. And then I guess that's when, you know, people weren't satisfied. And then I think he had some PR person reach out to. What what does that say? And why are you looking for that? Like, that's what I'm saying, like, just do you. You know, like, if, and I feel that because I do feel like the gay community just hijacked the the offensiveness of what he said. Nobody, he didn't say gays that have H, HIV and AIDS and, the, 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 and sexually transmitted disease that's going to kill you in two weeks. He never put a label on it. So I don't understand why the gay community even took that burden of saying, you offended me. Like, I don't I don't have HIV or AIDS, so I'm not offended by that comment at the fuck all. Like, hey, do you, you know? So I feel him on that one. And he says something in his live, like, you know, you guys take a five-minute clip of a concert that was at least 30 minutes on stage, and y'all piece it up and... Y'all could take anything from that. I feel that because I'm a podcaster. I put out, you know, three to five minute clips every week. And you'll be surprised how many people, like, it goes over their head of what we're trying to say or what we're, like, our actual opinion about the conversation or the topic because it's a five minute clip. We already know that y'all ass ain't gonna watch the 30 minute clip that I put up there. So the five-minute clip is kind of confusing if you don't go back and go watch the whole thing. So if you're at the Rolling Loud concert, of course you probably understand the nuance. You probably understand the context. You probably understand that this is a call back. You know, he say something, I say something. He say something, I say something. But if you didn't go to the damn concert, then you wouldn't know that. You 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 would read what the media said, and you would be offended by it. So I did get that. But like I said, I'm just more so offended by the apology that it was like a double down on the ignorance. Now, I did see a good point about it. Like, he's perpetuating the stigma of gay people having AIDS and HIV and it being a gay disease. And I, and I feel like once he said the first apology, he should have just shut up. Because then after his PR, uh, allegedly his PR, it's supposed to have been him. But we all know how the little baby talk. I mean, we all know how the baby talk, excuse me. He didn't write that damn last apology. Are you talking about this one where he posted this? Yeah, read that. He said, social media moves so fast that people want to demolish you before you even have the opportunity to grow, educate, and learn from your mistakes. As a man who has had to make his own way from very... Difficult circumstances, having people I know publicly working against me, knowing that what I needed was education on these topics and guidance has been challenging. I appreciate the many people who came to me with kindness, who reached out to me privately to offer wisdom, education, and resources. That's what I needed, and it was received. I want to apologize to the LGBTQ plus community for the hurtful and triggering comments I made. Again, I apologize for my misinformed comments 
about HIV and AIDS, and I know education on this is important. Love to all. God bless. Now, that's why I said he should have just shut up. That should have been the first apology right there. Yeah. He should have he should have shut up after the the first apology. Like I accept me as a gay woman. I accepted the first apology because I know how things can be when you take a five minute clip out of a whole hour and you chop it up to the most interesting part of it, and then you only watch that five-minute clip. You don't go back and go watch the whole podcast. You don't go back and watch the whole concert. You don't go back and watch the whole inauguration or whatever people do in politics. You don't go back and go watch that whole thing. You just stick on that five-fucking-minute clip. But that that you just read, like I said, that should have been the first fucking That should have been the first and last apology. He shouldn't have said shit else after the PR team did that. Now, I do want to chime in on the education thing that he said. Okay, I went back to his Instagram story. I went back to his tweet, and there was thousands of people telling him why it was fucking wrong. And then he doubled down on it. Right after he put out that first story. And I'm just like, okay, you can't say that, oh, well, you know, I'm sorry and double down on the ignorance. And then after a thousand hundred people tell you why it was wrong to say that, then you double back with your alleged PR team and say, well, you know, you guys are kicking me when I'm down and I just needed education. 100,000 people just gave you fucking education. And you said afterwards, I'm an icon and this gay shit isn't going to stop me. He didn't say that. I'm paraphrasing it. But that's how I took it. Like, hey, I'm on top. The LBGT community, they're not going to hold me down. I'm bigger than what y'all over there are talking about and I know what I said. And another problem that I have with it is that, okay, if you're going to say what you're going to say, stand on it. Don't back down after you start losing money from all these venues. You thought that you was big and you was bad and you was an icon. I think that was another one that he said throughout the week, that I'm an icon. And it's just like, okay, like, you can't be on this pet. You can't put yourself on this pedestal and then turn around when you start losing money and say, Oh, well, I just needed education. And then after 100,000 people in your comments told you that, hey, that was wrong to say, and this is why. You got the education. You just thought that you was bigger than the movement. And Mm -hmm. that sucks because the climate of today is very fucking fickle. You can say anything about black women. You can say anything about drugs. You can say anything about killing. But then when it comes to certain groups of people, then you're counseled. That's what I don't agree about with this whole situation. My thing is, why is no one talking about the blatant disrespect he had for Meg? Like, he intentionally and disrespectfully brought Tory Lanez out after she performed. Yeah, that was a little weird. That was weird. so fucking disrespectful. Like. Yeah. People have no respect for domestic violence against black women. Well, I think it's mainly because it's a pending case. So nobody really knows what the fuck happened. Everybody knows that Tori shot her in the foot. Yeah, but we kind of don't know that for sure, for sure, because we wasn't off in the limousine that they was in. Anybody could have shot her. Nobody, I mean... She did, like like I told you in the beginning, she did lose a lot of fucking credibility when she said that she was trying to protect him. She didn't want him to get in trouble. He admit, didn't he admit to it? No. He hasn't. I don't know no, he has, no, he hasn't admitted to it. That's why they're in court right now, because he hasn't admitted to anything. But she did lose a lot of credibility. I, don't, I can't speak for everybody, but with me. My opinion, she lost a lot of credibility because it's like, okay, look, I'm going to just say this. I don't give a fuck if you're a black man, white man, Mexican man, Chinese man. The moment that you shoot me, I'm not fucking protecting you. You shot me, nigga. No, I don't give a fuck. I'm telling on you, bro. And that's where she lost her credibility at, right there. When she tried to protect him after she fucking got shot and then went to the fucking police department, still didn't tell the truth, and then got on live and told the truth. 
Like, okay, if you're going to get on live and tell the truth, why didn't you just tell the cops the truth? What's my problem with it? She lost a little credibility with me, but I'm just saying I don't know anything. So when you don't know anything, then everybody, I, and this is the problem that I have with today's, like, we're, it kind of seems like we're going to this mob court ruling where you can. Public execution. Yeah, like, I don't think that that's fair because the law is innocent until proven guilty. But when you go on live and you tell your own little story about what happened, then that creates this mob um, execution. What, what did you say? Mob execution? Public yeah. execution. Public execution, excuse me. It creates that because you have someone, you have two people that's very famous, but where is the climate of today? People want to protect black women. So you're more so likely to believe this black woman than you are this black man. And I'm not saying that I believe either one of them. I want to see what it looks like when they go through the proper court procedures, which Meg should have done. She should have told the truth the first time when the laws asked her, when she was getting out the car and limping and everything, and they set off inside the police car. She should have told the truth then. Then she had another time where she didn't even have to protect him. She's in the comfort of the police department. Nobody ain't shooting nobody in the police department. They're trying to get the truth. They're trying to understand what the fuck happened in this car to the point where you got shot, these people ain't saying nothing, and the driver don't know nothing. Like, what happened there? So that's just where I'm at with it. I don't believe either one of them until actual factual facts come out because it is kind of hard to, as a black woman to see a black man get in trouble for something that I'm not necessarily so bothered with because that's the only thing that I can take from it is that she wasn't bothered about the shit because she didn't tell the truth on him. She just, she knew, she knew the climate of the world and she didn't want the police to shoot Tory Lane. That's yeah. what she says. Yeah, that's what she that's said. That's what she said on the live. Yeah, but uh, she should have saved she that shit. protecting him. She should have saved that shit, bro. She should have saved that shit for court. I don't even, like, getting on social, if you're not going to tell the truth where it matters, then just don't tell it at all. I, I just feel like don't tell it at all because well, I'm going to tell the truth. he was lying on her, so she decided to get uh, on live. Take, take it up with the court. Don't ever do anything in the public eye. Because, first of all, that hurts your credibility. Because now peop a lot of people is thinking the same way I'm thinking. Okay, well, why you didn't tell the laws that? Why did you wait? To th why are you going to tell 100,000 complete strangers what the fuck happened but not tell the laws? I I'm just saying. And I'm that's no jab to Meg. I like Meg the Stallion. I think that she's an incredible talent out of Houston. I'm happy to have her here from the Long Star State. But, baby girl, you got to do better. Don't protect ho-ass niggas that shoot you. That, that's not where that's at. I'm going to protect maybe my brother and me that got into a fight because I know that this is family business. He's not really trying to hurt me the moment got heated. I'm going to protect him. I'm going to protect my friend. But the moment that my friend or my brother shoot me, I don't give a fuck. I'm telling. I'm telling. But and another thing, before I just put a button on this, I see a lot of people in the comments, and I know I'm all over the place with this, but ultimately I rule on the side of free speech. Everybody has the right to have free speech. But that comes with consequences. Yes, I can walk the fuck out of my job. I don't I don't I don't have to work there if I'm complaining about it. Y'all know I complain about my job every day. But I'm complaining about it. Okay, well you have freedom of right. You have the freedom to leave. But when I leave, is it the job's um is it the job's job to give me you know, money after I leave or find me a new job or whatever? No. Is it the job's fault if I don't find a job as quickly as I thought that I was going to find a job? No. It, I mean, what I'm trying to say is you have freedom of speech, but everything has consequences in behind it. And unfortunately, 
this guy thought that he was bigger than the movement. I don't know if y'all know by now, but the LBGT community is a force to be reckoned with. They're not putting up with any of the bullshit that was going on back in the day when they couldn't do shit. So tread lightly. I feel like at a business and in a business sense, because let me get back to my other point. It's a lot of people that saying, Oh, he should have stood on what he said. And I feel the same way too. I feel like whatever you say, just back that shit up and stand on what you say. Unless someone educates you and gets you to change your mind. Like I said, I've changed my mind on a lot of things, a lot of trans issues, a lot of gun issues, all of that stuff. And I come back in here every week and double back and say, oh, I changed my mind on this, you know. But he wasn't trying to he, – he didn't apologize because – he understood where people was coming from. He apologized because that money started leaving. All them venues started kicking him the fuck up out of them venues. And I heard that, like, they get a deposit. So, yeah, you get a deposit, but would you want a deposit of your paycheck or would you want the whole thing? You want the whole thing. So, yeah, he probably got a deposit for all of these venues and he didn't really lose too much money, but this thing can go way into next year if, you know, this doesn't calm down. So I keep going on a tangent, but what I'm trying to say is that a lot of people keep saying, oh, he should have stood on what he said. Don't bow down. Come on, you a real nigga. Okay, well, this real nigga got mouths to feed. He has a team that he has to feed. He has a daughter that he has to feed. He has his mother. Everybody depends on the baby. In, in his little circle. So him saying that lost a lot of fucking people money because I don't know if y'all know this, but taxes get taken out and then you have to pay your manager off top and then you have to pay your security. You have to pay your band. You got to pay this. You got to pay that. By the time, if, if somebody paid you $100,000 for a show, you might be looking at about 60000 of that by the time it's all over and said, after you pay everybody. So just take that. Okay, he got a deposit from it, but it was supposed to be 100000 but they gave him fifty. Okay, I just said that if you pay everybody out of the 100000 then you're probably looking at 60000 of it. Okay, now look at it. 50000 of the sixty. He's negative $10,000 fucking dollars. Because he still has to pay everybody, even though he ain't making no damn money. And then a lot of people are saying, well, he can do his own venues and sell out. And honestly, I agree with that. I feel like if you say something and you know that it's against the grain, just be prepared to do most of the work yourself. Because that's what you're going to have to do in this world to stand on your morals and what you feel is right to say. Now, I ain't saying what he said was right. I'm saying that he has a right to say it. But it has consequences in behind it. And don't think for a minute that the LBGT community is not going to go back and go get their revenge or whatever the fuck they trying to get from him. I feel like off the strength, he just should have said sorry. Just off the strength that he know that he feeding a lot of families. It's a business move. Like I said, people are saying, stand on it, stand on it. Okay, you work at a job that you hate and you won't even walk out that motherfucker. So how are you going to tell somebody that's making well over $500,000 a year or, you know, a billion dollars a year or whatnot to walk out on all these venues just so that you can say at the lunch table at Walmart that, you know what, the baby's a real-ass nigga, but are you a real-ass nigga? Have you walked out of your Walmart position yet? Have you walked up off the fucking cash registers? You hate your job, and you still the fuck there. So I would like people to just... Stay out of pay grade business. This is way beyond your pay grade. He's still a real nigga. He's a real nigga to the people that when he goes to do a show, he pays their bills. He's a real nigga to them. Now, is it a little flimsy? Yeah. I think that people should stand on their word, do what they got to do to get be as independent as possible because that's what's going to get you to saying that's what's going to get you to the point where you can say what you want and you can say fuck the rest. But if you're not in that position, 
tread lightly, fake it till you make it. Hey, I don't know if he like gay people or not or whatever. Honestly, I don't even think that this is a gay jab. Like I said in the beginning, I think it was just a stupid call and response, a very stupid one and a very uneducated one at that. Oh, that was a lot. And we already at motherfucking 40. What? Okay, let's go ahead and get off into it. Dr. Dre, daughter, huh, you know, um, she's been saying a lot of comments. Let me slide over here to um, Dr. Dre's daughter. Okay, let me go ahead and read a little bit of this because actually this is just a new story that I picked up today. So Dr. Dre, daughter, latest Latanya Young, homeless and raising four kids in a car despite rapper's dad, $820 million net worth. Okay, Dr. Dre's daughter, 38, claims she is living out of her car despite begging for help from her dad, who is worth around $820 million. A single mother of four who works for food delivery services and in a warehouse, says she has not received money from her famous dad in 18 months. Young told the Daily Mail that she has not seen her father in 18 years and has to go through his team when she needs to contact him. Young mother Lisa Johnson split from Dr. Dre, whose real name is Andrea, uh, Andrea, uh, Andre, okay, Andre Romeo Young. I probably butchered that. I'm not good at names, you guys. When their daughter was only five. Okay, now Young told the outlet she is living out of a rental car to try to make ends meet. Okay, so my sentiments about this, and I'm going to try to be quick with that. I don't want to stay on this long because I got the Sean King thing coming up. Might not get to that. Who knows? Might be next week's topic. But my sentiments on this is two things because I'm kind of on the fence because I feel like it don't matter how old your kids get, you kind of got to watch out for them, bro. Like, especially if you have a net worth of $820 million. Like, there's no way that my grandkids and my daughter is living in a rental car to make ends meet. That's just not going to happen on my watch. I don't care if I got to give her an allowance. Like, okay, $5,000 a month. What is that? 5,000 times 12. That's a drop in the bucket for him. 12 times 5. That's $60,000 a year. You can't afford $60,000 a year for your daughter and your grandkids to not be in a fucking rental car, my dude. Like, I know that I'm getting on like a little, a little ranty, but I am on the jack. But it's just like, I, I don't think that I could do that. It's a big it's a big thing that happens in the black community where we want our kids to struggle like we did because we think that it's some badge of honor. It's something, we want our kids to get it out the mud like we did. And yes, that shit builds character. Not giving your kid money and spoiling them so that they can have the proper um, skills and life to do for themselves once you're gone. That's every parent's um, objective in life is to get my children to the point where they're not struggling before I die. My mom says it all the time. She looks around at me and my sister and my brother and sister, and she knows that at the end of the day, we're all going to be okay because she raised us to be strong, independent people to function in society, no matter if we quit our job or I got our job got taken away, whether we got a sickness or we're healthy, whether we got a car or we on the bus, we are independent for the most part. And that's all she wanted out of life because she already didn't went through the bumps and bruises of life to try to provide us the life where we don't, we, we might have to go over the speed bump, but we ain't got to turn the corner if you get my analogy. She's already kind of paved the road for us to be independent as we can be in function in society. Now, that's just a middle-class mom making ends meet, you know, 
when I was younger, my mom worked at Minyards and AutoZone. That's just a middle class person. And at that part, at that point in her life, she wasn't even middle class. She was actually lower than middle class. She was on government assistance. But we're not talking about a middle class person. We're not talking about a lower class person. We're talking about somebody that's worth $820 million. That's a lot of money. $60,000 is a drop in the motherfucking bucket for that. If you ain't even if you're not gonna do it for her because of whatever bad blood that y'all got going on and for whatever reason she's just a spoiled entitled brat and she thinks that you're about to take care of her for the rest of her life, I don't know. But if you're not gonna do it for her, at least do it for your grandkids. I, I just find that very crazy. It's been many times that and I don't wanna put too much out there because this is my family's business, but it's been plenty of times that my mom has done something for the grandkids that my siblings could have done for their kids themselves but didn't have the money or the means to do it. Because she knows that I'm not necessarily doing this for you. Like, yeah, you benefit off of it, but I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for my grandkids because I know that if you're straight, my grandkids are straight. So... I just feel like if you ain't going to do it for her, your child, at least do it for your grandkids. But I can see it from the other side of the spectrum of she's grown. At the end of the day, once you're 18, and she said that she hasn't, she's 38 now. She hasn't seen her dad in eight, uh, 18 years. Okay, so the last time that she seen her dad was 20 years old. Okay, if somebody cuts the cord on me, Rich or not, and and we and we get that off in the black community a lot too. You know, once you eighteen, you need to start looking for you. You once you eighteen in the black community, you either need to be going to school, or you need to have a decent job. So it happens in the black community at a lower scale. This is just a higher scale. So we looking at it like, okay, damn, you know, like he can't take care of his kid. He can't take care of his grandkids. But like I said, I see the other spectrum of that too. Of This is a grown ass lady at the end of the day. And a lot of people misconstrue the like where they stand in a relationship with their parents, their rich parents. Shaq said it best. I'm rich. You're not. So, as a 20-year-old, and yeah, he probably provided this lifestyle for her and everything, but the article says that he left her at five. Yeah, he left so, her at five. So, he hasn't seen her since she was in 18 years. And I don't care. Like, you're a fucking billionaire, dude. Come on. You, that's your child. You shouldn't ever want your child to struggle. Isn't the whole point of becoming successful to pave the way for your kids so they don't have to struggle. Yeah, and that's what I was saying when your ass was sleep over there in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. No, but that's what I was saying too. But I can see the other spectrum of that too. First of all, we don't know what what happened. She said she said that she ain't seen her dad in 18 years. He left when she was five. So was it some communication between the times of her getting like her own cell phone and her linking up with her dad this one time. And he probably felt some type of way. She probably came in the gate and this is all just, you know, my opinion and my inside insight about it because it's like, I, I don't know a millionaire that just wouldn't take care of their kid at $8,820 million net worth. I, I just don't see that. So it's like, Something had to happen. Something, and even if nothing didn't happen, because I don't want to go, like, way left on my point of the other spectrum of this, because I get it. As a 20-year-old, he hasn't been in your life since you was five years old. Okay, if he hasn't been in your life since five years old and he hasn't been doing anything since you was 20, then, yeah, you might want to let that ship sail. You might want to go ahead and make your own means of income. You working in a warehouse and you doing delivery, food delivery. Yes, that is a sucky life as a person that is the heir. I wouldn't say heir because he's probably got a son or something that's with a famous lady and that's going to be the heir of all his millions and everything. But 
as someone, it, it would suck to know that my dad was worth all this money and then he's not going to even help me get on my feet. You know, I ain't, ta- I ain't saying just, you know, take care of me forever. I'm just saying buy me a house, my nigga, you know, for me and my four kids. But it's just like at a certain point in time, we have to wake up to what's going on. If nobody ain't been taking care of me since I was five years old and then I haven't had communication with them since 20 and every time I call, I got to go through his team, I don't know what to tell you. That's a clear indication that he's not fucking with you. So let that ship sail. Go ahead and go make ends meet on your own. I I feel like you just coming in, trying to get in contact with him, my rich daddy. Like, let that shit the fuck go. He ain't fucking with you. You ain't going to get no money. He probably don't even got you in the fucking wheel. Go ahead and just make them ends meet on your own, baby girl, because he ain't fucking with you. He ain't trying to pay pay your way. He ain't even trying to see your grandkids. So it is like it is it does suck that her dad is worth that much and not gonna try to at least get her a house because I know once I get rich, I'm buying my mama a house off the back before I even buy myself a house. Shit, I might have to live with my damn mama just so I could buy her a house and then go buy my damn self a house. But I I don't know, bro. I don't know. Uh, my whole sentiments about it is I see it on one spectrum and I see it on the other and I'm in the middle. I feel like, yeah, the middle is buying her a fucking house for her kids. This is the least that I can do. What is a house nowadays? What? Uh, a decent house is like 350000 Okay, $350,000. Buy her the house. Make sure it's paid off. Okay, you work in a delivery job and you working in a warehouse. Property tax ain't nothing but like $1,000 a year, you know, depending on what your house is sitting on, what acres or what amount of land is sitting on. So depending on that, you ain't paying nothing but property tax and utilities throughout the year. So I just feel like that's the middle ground. Buy her a house, get her the fuck up out your her, and be done with it. Because this is bad PR, and this isn't the first time that Dr. Dre has gotten bad PR. He, he got it whenever him and his wife was going through a divorce. But I don't give a fuck. Don't give that shit to your wife. She's asking for buku money for no reason. Like, I think it's really crazy that because you provided someone a lifestyle and then you're not providing it anymore, then you have to keep providing that lifestyle even after you're not with them anymore. I think that is the craziest shit. And that's why... I fucks with my nigga Bill. He got a contract on Melinda's ass. Once he cheated, he was like, nah, you're not getting half. You getting what's in this contract. You know, he signed a prenup up front, got that contract. This is what you get. This is what, and it's not so much of this is what you came in with it with. It's more so like, this is what I'm going to allow you to have. And I think that that's fair as fuck. To be with somebody, go ahead and sign the prenup, and then, you know, what do I think that you're worth right now? What am I going to give you after this is all over? And a lot of people don't like to talk about prenups, but I think that is the stupidest argument that mostly women have. I hear mostly women say, oh, well, um, you know, you shouldn't sign a prenup because is insinuating that you're anticipating that the relationship isn't going to last. No, it's protecting your fucking assets. That's all that it's doing. And then you can flip that around, men, and say, well, you should sign the prenup because it's insinuating that you're only with me for my money. You know, if you're not worried about the money, then why you worried about signing the prenup? I'm just saying it worked both ways. You know, people got to kind of be up on that. I'm just saying, you know, I'm going to go ahead and get up off of that. Where we at with it? Where are we at? Oh, I don't know. I think we stopped at 40. I think we got time to get into the 
BLM. Now, I skimmed on this, y'all, so forgive me if I get some facts wrong or some facts is wrong next week whenever he say another statement. But Sean King, let's get to Sean King. He on some mo ho shit. I've never really liked him. I've always felt like what is his what what is his ethnicity, bro? He's white. He's white. Oh, he looked black. Mm-mm. He looked like a oh a light skinned Jamaican. Mm-mm. That's what he puts me in the mind of. He is white. Oh man, see, I knew it was the reason why I didn't like him, bro. <laughs> no, I'm fucking with you, Sean King. I, you're you're cool, but you just need to stay in the background of black issues. Cause didn't he yeah, get into he's it? He's got a lot of hate crimes. Oh. I don't know. I don't. I I used to. You know, when he was back back in the day, when he used to say like a lot of good shit. Like I used to be like, yeah, yeah. You know, I used to be like with him. And then, because I always Why? thought he was a very what? light-skinned black guy. Why? Because he was white? No, I did not know he was white. I did not know he was white. And then, you know, all this shit started coming out about him. And I was like, whoa. And then it was like, he just kind of got pushed under the radar. You know what really killed him? is when he got into it with, um, ooh, who, who's like the head advocate of um Black Lives Matter. What's her name? Patrice? No, 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 no. No, no, no. The other one that's all over the place. What is her name, bro? Shit, I don't know. Oh, no. I got to find her name, y'all. Hold up. Um, Oh, she was on the Cadillac commercial and all that. Hold up, you guys. Uh, um, Now, it's not, it's not Regina King, is it? No, it's not. I don't know. What the... F- Freak is her name, bro. See, no, nah, it ain't her, bro. I forget her name. But she was on, like, The Breakfast Club, and she did a Cadillac commercial. But it's not Regina King. It's not her, bro. Anyways, I don't want to get too deep into that. But, yeah, let me go ahead and read this excerpt from the news about Sean King. He on some old ho shit. And I'm going to tell you why he on some old ho shit. Okay, so let me read this excerpt. Sean King moving out of brand new lavish home after harassment. Writer and activist Sean King announced that he's being forced to move out of his brand new lavish lakeside home after his family has been harassed. King says unethically and unscrupulous news outlets, including Fox News and News New York Post, posted photos of his home on their platform. Others have claimed that King purchased his eight. 142,000 plush home in Brunswick, New New Jersey. Mostly are particularly off the money he allegedly raised for victims of police brutality. Stealing out the black community. Just as bad as the fucking church, bruh. Like, this is the same thing that happened with Patrice, you say? Patrice Cun, Patrice Cun Kohler's? Mm-hmm. Patrice Kahn Kohler, she stepped down. She And I don't even think that's the lady. I think it's something else. See, all of these Black Lives Matter people, they just kind of step down and then go into the shadows. But I'm just going to stick on Sean King. Okay, so he feeling harassed. He feeling some type of way because people are calling him out on taking money from a, 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 a progressive movement, which is the Black Lives Matter movement. He's not in this movement, I don't think. I think that he just advocates for black rights. But along with that, let's rewind it back to the Black Lives Matter times when the George Floyd thing happened. Okay, so when that was going on, the George Floyd thing, they was getting a lot of money. The BLM movement was getting a lot of donations. And if you know anything about donations, you don't have to pay taxes on it because it's deemed as a gift. So they was paying zero taxes on this donation money. So then you turn around and you get Black Lives Matter leaders stepping down. I I wish I knew that lady's name. I do not think that it's Patrice. I don't. But it might be. I'm 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 not sure if it's that lady because I looked up her name and all of that, but that doesn't look like the lady that was dancing and having a good time and whatever. It was an old video that she did. But she also stepped down 
and was like, and and before she stepped down, she bought her a good ass house right up there with the good old white folks. You're protesting against white people, but then you're going to move around the motherfuckers. I don't understand. Why didn't you just move in the hood? You know, the, ain't that the people you're trying to help? The poor and disenfranchised black people? So why the fuck you move over there to the white suburbs? Just saying. But this seems like the same situation with that lady. Is that he got a whole bunch of donations, he racked the fuck up, and he moved the fuck away. Now... I have sympathy for his kids and his wife getting harassed because who just wants random people coming to your house and looking at your house and knowing your address and your wife at home and you don't know if she's safe or not because I don't know if anybody know, but it's getting really grimy out here. A nigga's been out of a job for a minute. You know, people just been getting them little $1,000 government checks. You know, the rent due, the water due. Of course I'm going to be mad at the, if I'm a Black Lives Matter movement protester. Yes, I'm going to be mad as fuck that the leaders that I was following and the doctrine that I was following of these leaders step down they, from their position and go get them a house where all of the nice, rich white folks are. And this ain't no jab at white folks. I'm just saying, if you hate the people and you feel like the people that are disenfranchising the people that you fighting for. Why the fuck would you move by them? Same thing that happened with Sean King. He moved right in the nice-ass neighborhood, and now he's still going to have the nerves to go back and go advocate for black rights. Why didn't you put that money back into the protest or the program or the movement? Why is it still people out there that's grassroots program that don't even have enough water to pass out at the protest? I'm just saying, it sounds a little funny. This is the same shit. I don't care. This is the same shit ver uh, verbatim. He did the same exact thing that Patricia, I really hope that that's her name because I don't, Patrice. This is the same thing that Patrice did. Got the money, dip. This is what happens with all leaders and all these movements. I feel like even in the whole Trump supporter thing, I feel like they got infiltrated. Black Lives Matter got infiltrated. All of these grassroots organizations keep getting infiltrated by people that are already rich, and then they trickle down their ideology of what should be done, what should be followed, what should be the standards of this movement, and then they fucking leave. Like, if y'all don't understand what's going on, bro, to just, like, okay, follow the movement, don't follow the people. That's all I'm going to say. Most people support the movement. It's the people that's running it that's schemy as hell, bro. Don't follow them. Take your own ideologies and infuse it into your own grassroots because you see what the leaders do. They take the money and they leave and then they step down so that they ain't got to answer none of your fucking questions. I ain't seen her off in the media in a minute since she stepped down. So since you stepped down, you just ain't got nothing to say about black lives no more. Seems a little fishy to me. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. Like I said, I skimmed over this a little bit. Let me see a little bit of my notes. Yeah, I said that, I said that. But I feel like, back to my other point, I feel like this is just the ongoing thing with grassroots movements, is that they always get infiltrated. They always get to this weird point where we all on one accord. The Black Lives Matter, for instance. I keep going back to this because this is what he's advocated for. You know, at first it was Black Lives Matter, and then... No shade to the LBGT community. I'm gay myself. But then you start saying, well, black trans lives matter and black gay lives matter and black. Okay, what is the primary word before you get to all of those labels that we don't want people to label us as? Black. So we talking about black lives. It doesn't matter if you trans, you gay, you this, you that. The whole thing is we talking about black lives. 
So it's like, why do we have to, why does, when we get a solid movement in the black community and we all agree on one thing, okay, black lives matter, then all of this other stuff started to seep into it. First it was, well, all lives matter. We had a whole like little tiff about that, you know, with white supremacists and people not understanding where we was coming in from when we say black lives matter. We got that out the way. But now we got infiltration within our organization. Black people that are trans or gay or um, whatever is now putting that to the forefront. And it's just like, okay, at the end of the day, we all black. Let's just stay on one accord, the black. That's it. That's all we talking about. I just don't understand how all of the, and then the crazy thing is, once we get infiltrated, we be knowing that we infiltrated, but we just go along with the movement. We just still keep going along with it. Nobody ever says, hey, wait a minute, hold up. You trans, but you black first. Nobody knows that you're trans, but everybody knows that you fucking black. So why don't we just stick to that? And like I said, this is no jab to the LBGT community. I'm gay. I'm just saying that's one of the infiltrations that happened in the Black Lives Matter. If you even want to take it to the Republican or the far right or whatever side, okay, with the Trump thing, I can almost guarantee you, most of them people that was there January the 6th did not plan on going off inside the Capitol building. They probably did not plan that. It's just kind of a domino effect. One person gets off in, and then it's just kind of like a mob mentality, kind of like a fight at school. Whenever you see one person throw a swing and then one person start running, then everybody just start running to it. I think that that's what happened there, and I think that it was infiltrated. I think that... Government agents, CIA, the elite, whatever you want to call it, put in they men, said, go ahead and storm it in. I mean, people like to forget that we seen officers at the Capitol building letting people in freely. You supposed to be protecting the building. Why are you letting random people in? I'm just saying, I don't want to go on a tangent of that, but... To me, this Sean King thing seems exactly what the Black Lives Matter leader did. Step down, go buy yourself a good-ass house, disappear for life. So I'm just saying, support the movement, but don't support these grimy-ass people. Form your own ideology about what you and your organization want to do and leave that other shit alone because anytime you're going to follow with them, they're going to lead you straight off a motherfucking cliff. Just saying. Whew, that was a lot today. This whole thing is probably like an hour and 30 minutes, you guys. But let me go ahead and roll it out. Follow me on Facebook, An Hour with Crowder. That's the fan page. Y'all go there, hit it up, leave some comments, leave, um, you know, like, dislike, whatever. You know, it's whatever. Then you can follow me at, on Twitter at Crowder the Great. Then you can follow me on Instagram at An Hour with Crowder. So let's say that back because I know that y'all a little bit, you know, duh, 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 slow. Let me go ahead and just say it again. You can follow me at Facebook at An Hour with Crowder. You can follow me at Instagram, An Hour with Crowder. Then you can follow me at Twitter, Crowder the Great. And we are out.